So, Billy, welcome back to the Airwaves. New Christmas single cover of Love Is All Around. Except we've changed the word love to Christmas. Yes, uh, is that an important message to you, Bill? Not really, Mike. Christmas is a time for people with someone they love in their lives. And that's not you? That's not me, Michael. When I was young and successful, I was greedy and foolish, and now I'm left with no one, wrinkled and alone. <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks for that, Bill. For what? Well, for actually giving a real answer to a question. It doesn't often happen here at Radio Watford, I can tell you. Ask me anything you like, I'll tell you the truth. The best shag you ever had? Britney Spears. Wow. No, only kidding. <laughs> she was rubbish. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. And also Jeremy. And today we are finished with the World Cup because it has happened. It's over today. It's over. Jeremy, as of today, as of recording, we uh, watched in, the your, World Cup. in your time tomorrow, uh, it will have been uh, yesterday. And <laughs> <laughs> we are on top of it. We're on top of it. And I uh, gotta say, wow, what a what motherfucking a World Cup. What a what game. A World Cup what game. a cup. The whole thing. Fucking fantastic. Can't believe there are actually losers out there who boycotted this one. <laughs> Unreal. You like it, this is like if anything ever proved God exists, it's like the it's the wrath. <laughs> that comes to people who choose to boycott the goddamn footy. You you <laughs> picked the one time to do it because you were mad at Qatar, and what did you miss? Only the greatest World Cup there's ever been, the best final ever? there ever will be, and oh my uh, God. that's this wild. Is, these are crazy statements, and I have nothing to disagree with because it is the only one I ever watched, so it is the greatest one I've ever seen. It's um, fucking crazy. It's a th- <laughs> like first of all, three three scoreline in any soccer game is already like pretty wild. That means some shit right. went down, you know. Lots of stuff happened. Lots Great of goals. stuff happened. But then, so we're we're talking first half ends two nothing. Argentina seems like they're just sailing. France didn't show up. They're playing like absolute fucking butt cheeks. Just awful game. <laughs> just real awful stuff. And yeah. then out of nowhere, last ten minutes of the fucking of the second half, France Mbappe just one two. Like, and then Mbappe, how do you say his name? Mbappe. Mbappe, he that's even funnier. <laughs> Mbappe, Mbappe was like, I'm gonna score three goals in a row. Like, he he scored every goal, right? He did, yeah. You got a hat trick in the world. He was Cup like, final. I don't want to fucking lose, and I then don't want to lose. Lost. That's wild. <laughs> you score that, a goddamn hat trick in the world cup final is the kind of thing that like legends are made of, and this is the story of him losing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's the very like LeBron thing to do. Like, you're clearly the best, and your team doesn't deserve you yeah 
which is the same thing with Messi and and Argentina is the thing because like you know it's basically the story of the game is the story of two different superheroes dragging the fucking corpse (laughs) of their country across the finish line (laughs) and one of them just happened to do it a little bit better not even (laughs) not even it was a penalty kick penalty kicks which is like a weird Nickelodeon double dare game that they (laughs) stick at the end of a real game <laughs> they got even put like the little different score because it's like just a different game. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and it's and so that's weird. the crazy thing is that like that those goals don't count as goals when you do a penalty kick. Like, so like the no, the score not- line of the game is three three. Like, yeah, even though Mbappe scored four goals in this game because one of them is a penalty in the penalty shootout. That one doesn't count as a goal. That one counts as nothing. You get nothing for that. (laughs) Well, yeah. Which in the world cup context is fine. I couldn't believe it when they ran, when they missed two in a row. Like that. That's so crazy. (laughs) Well, cause, uh, cause, uh, well, I mean, Martinez, the, the Argentine goalkeeper is fucking insane his face when he like saves a penalty is fucking wild he looks like he's like deranged <laughs> <laughs> and then, did you see the picture of him with the fucking golden glove yeah and he just like puts it on and his he's dick. just holding it as his dick <laughs> <laughs> and, and the qatari guy is just like what the hell is this guy yeah, doing that's like a prince that's like a, that's like a royal guy <laughs> handing out the fucking awards <laughs> martinez is just like look i'm mr hand dick <laughs> i've got a hand for a dick it's so amazing to imagine that there's a guy who is the best goalie in the world and yeah. then he also has the personality of giving the award and then puts it on his dick at the fucking world cup in qatar and they're doing like a face yeah. while you're doing it <laughs> king <laughs> absolute champion behavior this is a guy who like everybody who's ever been like a real professional most likely started in a professional training setting around the age of eight years old that's probably when he first got like scouted by a club and put into a professional training situation so since the age of eight he's been groomed and and worked to become what he is now and fulfilled his absolute dream, everybody's dream, won the World Cup, the greatest stage in, in sports ever. <laughs> you're at the top of the world, and you're just like, what if it's a hand dick? <laughs> beautiful man. A beautiful mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is, why a- it's a, this is why they call it the beautiful game. <laughs> It truly is the beautiful game. Uh, so yep. I had a good time with the World Cup. Um, I, I, I Watching it was fun. It was cool to hang out in the Discord with everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to hang out with the Discord and us for next year's World Cup. It's not next year. It's four years from now. It's four years. But maybe <laughs> but we'll do it again for the still, Gold Cup. <laughs> there you go. You should still go to patreon.com slash generation loss and get Discord benefits. But Where you can follow world football. <laughs> Because we're yeah. gonna be covering, we're gonna be covering the Gold Cup. We're gonna be covering <laughs> Copa America. We're gonna be covering that, the Euro. We're doing all of it in the page, in the in the Genlaws Patreon Discord. No, we're not doing that. It's a football uh, Discord now, baby. <laughs> I made an exception for the World Cup because it's the big one. You're never getting rid of that Jogo Bonito. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. 
that board is on there forever. I am kind of excited to see like straight up only British ones because that's got to exist, right? The because we watched the Damn United, and now I feel like I want to watch more people singing the Blowing Bubbles song or whatever. Oh yeah, I think that would be cool if we see Europe. Like I want to root for Ireland or whatever. Oh, and like if we watch the Euro, whatever. I think it's in two years. The Euro, two years. Yeah, it's every four years. I think the Euro's every four. The Gold Cup is every two. What's the Gold Cup? That's the uh, that's the Concacaf one. That's the North America and ah, Caribbean and Central America. Okay, I'll watch that. And then the Copa America is South America, but they don't have enough countries in South America to make <laughs> a full bracket, so they have to like invite guests every time. Um, oh, so it's okay. always like everybody Special in South guest. America plus like Japan and <laughs> <laughs> someone who they can make eat shit and just like no, it's usually win. somebody pretty good at least. Like it's it's usually a decent guest who is just like fun to have around and they can open up a new media market or whatever like fucking business thing. But they're saying this time it's going to be the United States, Mexico, and Canada are going to be the guests. Oh, that's fun! The next World Cup is in the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Where's it going to be? It's uh, all over the place. They're doing uh, the Azteca. They're doing the Meadowlands. They're doing all this shit. Oh, they're just like using stadiums that yeah, already big exist? stadiums all over the place. That's yeah, that's the cool. way to do it, man. Fuck building yeah. new stadiums. That shit sucks. Yeah, people get all fucked up and die. People get but all anyway. fucked up and die, <laughs> man. <laughs> but anyway... So so foot the the beautiful game is over yeah. uh for a little while uh and it is now Christmas time and uh the that it's freezing outside I got a tree in my house uh we we're getting presents it's all great it's all a great time we um, love the christmas and so we're going to do one christmas episode uh and it'll be this one but before we talk about that we should talk about what else we watched this week uh, and we, I know we both watched White Lotus. Yeah. Uh, the finale of White Lotus. Uh, and I have to say, wow, what dog shit. <laughs> yeah, majorly, majorly disappointed in it. I, I, I really feel we've talked a lot about White Lotus on this show and especially this whole season we've kind of done we don't have to spend too much time on it, but I, I, like I said last time, I was just really expecting like something to make it make a bigger point than it was making. Yeah. Uh, to, I was just hoping for something to sort of like broaden its scope or try to make it have some secret that would make it more interesting than it is. But, uh, beside, you know, I think that Tanya's storyline is in retrospect like probably would have been as good as any other storyline in season one but it's mm-hmm. just like so slow rolled and like drawn out because there isn't much to it uh like like her husband doesn't even leave sicily f- to like four episodes in um and so it, it just, doesn't feel like there's a big payoff to that, you know, like he doesn't come back. I kind of expected from the way that he yeah. says, like, <laughs> I'm coming back in a couple of days, Tanya. And like having this all tie into him and whatever. The only connective tissue you actually have to that is like a picture of him when he's young. And you're like, I don't know, like have him fucking I like it would be like cheesy, but fucking have the guy come back, you know, like have him be there and be like, Tanya. 
it's over. I'm going to kill you and take your money. Or, yeah, or at least, like, come back and see all the bodies of his friends and, like, have to deal with that. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Let's see anything happen. Uh, but I just can't believe the fucking, like, Parker and Ethan or Harper and Ethan story because I don't know what it's supposed to be. What is that? What is the point? <laughs> What's going on? No one can, no one is explaining it. Like, no one is, like, writing think pieces about, like, this is about it. They're just like, wow, cool story. And it's like, no, this story sucks. Yeah. Who cares? I literally do not give a shit about anybody in this whole show. They're, like, interesting little things or whatever, but it's, like, I don't know. It's it's when you set the bar as high as you do in season one, like, I, I kind of have an expectation of, like, there being some sort of a bigger meaning behind stuff, right? And, like, I can see how... There's interesting things here about like subverting stuff from season one, but like I don't know, it's like you know, like so 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 like the 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 Harper story is like kind of an interesting parallel to the main, I guess the main story people in um, in season one, the the you know the honeymooners who are upset about their room and whatever, and how the resolution of that one is that she's like, well, I can learn to be content in this because it's better to be rich than to not be rich, right? Right. That's exactly. her. That's her big payoff, right? And in this, it's like you have this sort of like almost a reversal of that, where it's like it, you know, like I, I guess I can. I guess I can learn to be okay in this because it's better to be in a family than to not be in a family. I guess. I guess, but but that's not the Harper end of that. That's the the other couple is kind of the subversion of it. Right, but that's sort of like shown to them. I don't know. I, I read a screen I read a I read a little clip from Mike White saying like so the first one was about money and this one's about sex. Mm. And I was just like, "What?" In what way? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and then it's like, even if it is about sex, like, so you're just, you're, why is it a fancy hotel then? Like, why is it about, yeah, why is it know, rich like, people what, in a fancy hotel? What, like, like, that doesn't really make any sense because then it's like still about class. You're just ignoring it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's you get a lot of the same notes at the end of class stuff where like I was thinking about how the first season is all about these rich people who come on vacation and leave the staff of the White Lotus utterly devastated, right? Everybody right. is like ruined by this group of people who it's just another week, you know, at the White Lotus. <laughs> um yeah. and then in this one you have kind of like the reversal of it where it's like you know, the, the staff of the White Lotus and the people who hum around it and whatever, they all end up better off for having been in this situation, right? Like the the two prostitutes make their money, like uh, the right. manager, like, you know, gets hooked up into gay world and she's happy. Like all that stuff is okay. Um, but like, I, I, but, that but was... in the end, like even even in the version of it where those people win, where the working people win and they do okay for themselves, you know, the the worst consequence of it is is the dorky little dude being like, "Yep, I got played." Haha. <laughs> anyway, back to my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also like, I, like what what was the whole point of the the manager of the director of the hotel like, sort of like sexually harassing her employee and then experiencing no repercussions for it yeah and it's like the the 
uh, Christopher, what's his, Michael Imperioli character? Mm-hmm. Like he's like implied to have been in some, embroiled. He's like a film producer who was like embroiled in something, and he's canceled now or something. And that's yeah. like never dealt with. Like he's just like is forgiven because it turns out he didn't really do anything. He just cheated. But it's like why would anyone care about that? I, it doesn't like it. Just nothing feels thought out or making any sort of point at all. Like, yeah, it there's doesn't no, feel like it came together into really anything. But it's like I would have been okay if you're like, okay, we're gonna take a bunch of rich people, and the way like sex and opportunity for sex and like sexual assault and harassment, like we're gonna look at that. Okay, look at that, but then say something about it. Like you had like this interesting stuff that happens with class in the first one. Um, and it's all illustrated and really well well drawn, you know? And this one just felt like, hey, here's a guy. He got canceled for cheating. Who yeah. cares? Like, well, I don't know. I, what is... Nothing came came to any sort of head. It just felt like nobody... Cha- like, literally no one changes in the show. And that's, like, the main thing that's supposed to happen in a, sh- in a story. Yeah. Uh, like, the only people who change is the hookers get money and, and the director Tanya and the gay guys all die and they all die and but they don't learn anything or change or anything so it's like i don't know what i'm supposed to take from this so i did i fucking really didn't like it i thought it was pretty bad i don't yeah. I, like not even for like four white lotus like just like just a nonsense yeah it was just kind of sloppy yeah, I'm really surprised by that. So, but that's I, make- I I do still think the Tanya story overall comes together into a pretty funny little piece. That scene is very fun. Yeah, I her, mean, like her having <laughs> shot the guy and then being like, "Is Greg cheating on me?" Like the guy's like dying. Like the last yeah. things he hears, the last activity, the last neurons firing in his brain, and it's Tanya's <laughs> being like, "Is Greg cheating on me?" <laughs> And just like being so stupid as to like have figured out that they're working with him to take her money or some, like or that they're that they're going to kill her for some reason and know that Greg is their friend, but not realize like that he's gay and not yeah. ever been interested in her. <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and it, it really made me miss the first season. It's like, oh, yeah, the show was funny. Mm hmm. I, I, yeah, and it's just like even how fun that scene was, and sort of the end of her story being more interesting, just like made me miss the show. Yeah. So, I yeah, uh, pretty disappointed with that. Pretty uh, disappointed. I'm gonna say watch the first season, and I do not recommend the second season. Yeah. Um, what did you watch this week? Well, Bryn, um, <laughs> I was on a business trip for most of the week. So I didn't really watch anything in particular, but I have been replaying a little video game called Red Dead Redemption 2, the story of Arthur Morgan and (laughs) Dutch Van whatever, Van... Van something? I don't know. I I played like two... I played like four hours of that game and I got really bored. Mm. I did not like it. (laughs) Interesting. interesting i find it to be incredible um i'm having a very fun time this time around i'm doing a very like laid back 
uh, roll through the damn thing. Because you remember I told you okay. about how like uh, the first time I played it, I was like I had the flu and I like just like crammed it over a week of just like I had nothing to do. <laughs> I had no job and I was just sick and like felt awful. So I just played it for a week and I beat the whole thing. And I told Citric about that and Citric was like, you're not supposed to beat Rockstar games. <laughs> you're supposed to just like, you know, mosey around them and just kind of like do whatever. Right, that's uh, why so I that's them. what I'm trying to do this time is like pretty much anytime anything presents itself to take me off the the main quest I'm just like doing that and right. I'm having a great time I'm really enjoying it it's a nice like it's a more relaxing game than I remembered it being which yeah. is interesting for being you know all about how like you're constantly in peril and it's like there's always somebody ready to you're like murder on the you yeah um it's very nice. Nice time. You got time. a lot of time to shop in that big book that they got at the the corner store. And oh yeah. You can play poker. You and play poker. You can, you can go hunting. I've been doing a lot of hunting. That's my big thing this time around. I'm hunting. I'm trying to get all the perfect pelts to make all the <laughs> little things for the camp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I just like. It's a that's that shit I don't like. That's the shit I just don't like, and it's like. I think for people who want to play Cowboy Animal Crossing, like it's very much good. I'm not saying it's like poorly designed. It's just mm-hmm. like for, for me, just like I don't want to. I don't care. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and and it's very much a like. Uh, it's it's not your kind of game because it's a very much a like clicky story sort of g- game where you just kind of like you're watching a cut scene and holding I a know. so that your horse gallops, you know, I know. Well, that was like <laughs> everything I, I, else that's happening is like completely not something you're influencing. I know I couldn't believe. So I was saying, actually I was talking to my friend about this last night. I, because I was very, very poor um, for most of my life and definitely all of my twenties. I uh, completely missed triple a games. Like I had a DS and a 3DS and that was like the only real consoles I had like for the first, for most of the time I've lived in New York. I loved video games. I've later I like was given a Xbox 360 when the PS4 was already out, but I couldn't really afford any like AAA games, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like playing whatever was free on Xbox live or whatever. And like, I, you know, I, I, I just kind of f- fell out of that and I, um, I feel like I missed a lot. <laughs> like I never played Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty or any of the big AAA things. So I didn't like get used to it. I feel like a lot of people got used to it. And I remember picking up uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 like, you know, in 2019 or something. Because people are all, it's so great. It's one of the best games of all time. And like literally two hours go by before you do anything. Like yeah. you're just like riding a horse and like listening to someone talk i'm like this is a movie and like and when you do stuff you're not, not very doing good. much yeah <laughs> you're just riding and and walking around and it's just vibing. A. yeah right i think that's why i like it though is because like the games that i usually like to play are like you know city skylines is like a very like you know it's a very labor intensive way that i play it right right and and like you know, Skater XL is like a very technique driven thing with like a lot of like very specific things you do when you do stuff. Right. And, and 
I like that it's just like a relaxing vibe where it's just like you're just watching Arthur just like talking to Micah being like, well, I think you're being kind of a bitch, you know, and like <laughs> it's like hold L to like make him whip the horse. You know? <laughs> like, Are you playing on computer? Is, yeah, there a, is, uh-huh. is it on computer? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely like kind of um, can't imagine how that would be. I don't know. It's weird because I, I, I definitely understand that people want to watch a movie like they kind of like one of what they like is like being in like if there was a Sopranos game that was like that where you could mm-hmm. just like be Tony and just like walk around and like go to the grocery store and be like, you got the pulp or whatever. Like, yeah, like I, people oh. would dig that. And like you go on little missions just like your wife wants you to go get this, but you got to go kill this guy in the at the docks or whatever. Like. People would love that shit. They just want to live in a show they like. I think there's something to the idea, too, that like you'd love The Sopranos even more if there was an option to like change what Tony looks like in the cutscenes. You know what I mean? Like if like (laughs) if like you're watching a regular Sopranos episode and you're like, what if Tony had like like a funny outfit on or like different (laughs) beard? You know, like I think part of what makes Red Dead work for people is that you're like. This is my Arthur, though. My Arthur wears yeah. this cowboy hat, and his <laughs> his beard is really long because <laughs> he didn't shave. Yeah, it's uh, it's Barbie Dream Ranch for boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's like that's fine. I, I You're don't exactly mind. Exactly right. <laughs> I, I I I don't. I, yeah, I definitely don't want anybody to take it like I think it's no a no, bad it's, game. I just I like to. I like to engage with systems and like, mm-hmm. you know, make my numbers go up. Yeah. The, 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 the story of it too is like not particularly noteworthy, at least not right now. It's like, it's very, uh, it's very ham fisted in the way that it discusses like, you know, it's, 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 you know, Sopranos is an interesting comparison for it really, because it's also very much about like the feeling of like getting in on something at the end of it. Mm. because kind of throughout the story of the game you're kind of like the first act where i am right now you're you know you're on the run from some shit you did that was like really bad uh and like nobody really like it seems like it was just kind of like a job that went wrong and everybody was kind of like in a panic state and everyone's trying to figure out what happened and what went wrong but nobody really knows 100 percent of it because everybody was just kind of like their heads were you know all over the place so you're kind of like getting these little pieces of like i think dutch like killed a pregnant lady or something oh, no. like, <laughs> you, like everybody's like yeah some shit went down with a woman and like people were real upset about it <laughs> so the first act is all about like you on the run from that and there's like another rival gang that you keep kind of coming across and like they're the o'driscolls and like you're you're fighting the oh, o'driscolls yeah. and whatever and uh that's kind of all the first acts but then i think like kind of as the story progresses as i recall like the other enemies are like the government like big business and like more ethnic organized crime like uh, like italians and stuff and it's kind of like meant to represent these kind of like three different forces of pressure against what was like the you know the old west like gangster lifestyle or whatever and so everybody's constantly talking about it though it's like the only thing anybody ever wants to talk about is either like petty bitching about the other characters or just like i don't think we're supposed to exist anymore (laughs) 
And it's so yeah. funny the way they do it because you're like, you're like, no, I don't think you were ever supposed to exist. You guys are criminals. <laughs> like, I also Arthur don't just... think this is like historically accurate exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Arthur just will like sit Not there and just like was. wistfully be like, it just seems like the world doesn't have place for people like us anymore. <laughs> it's like nobody wants us around anymore. Thieves. You're like, no, nobody ever <laughs> wanted you around. You rob people and murder them. <laughs> These were a staple of our community. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like society's changed. And it's just, I think one thing. These days, that- if you were rooting, tooting, and shooting, they'd throw you in jail. <laughs> oh, man. I-, I find I find it really kind of sad, though, because... It's such an interesting way to tell a story that mm-hmm. like you could get people to sit down and spend a hundred hours watching little vignettes and and sometimes long vignettes or, or like long narratives that weave in and out of all of those short stories um, for like a hundred hours mm-hmm. um, and really explore a world. But it's all done. And I mean, this is just because of how much things cost and how much times this costs. But it's all done to explore like the most banal cliches of like Marvel movies and like eighties action movies. Yeah. <laughs> like I would really love to see a game that was like a real fantasy or um, you know, like some sort of surrealist world that had a lot of metaphor like you could do something extremely artistically viable with a game like that that doesn't have to have the most inventive uh, mechanics. Like I could imagine like engaging with a game like that. It's just like it's always in the service of like just trite tropes that are just like, I, and I mean stuff that like if it was a show if it was a five season show on AMC or whatever would be very middling like walking mm-hmm. dead level like are we the bad guys though yeah. you know? <laughs> like i don't know who's I, the real walking dead them or us <laughs> yeah i feel like yeah exactly i feel like you could make a cool like larger statement and and commentary or metaphor about something um it would just take so much money and time that no one's gonna do it for a long time yeah but i i I do think that it'll happen someday because it's just like the new medium so i don't know i think there's got to be like some sort of like technological improvement that makes it like really easy to like make games which will probably happen eventually like ai whatever it's, it's definitely getting easier like the tools to do it like we're just seeing so many more indie games it's just like art is always going to cost money like the amount of time it takes to like make photorealistic art that like looks Mm -hmm. good and moves well it's just like it's just going to cost money to do in the same way like movies right now are like exceptionally cheap and like you're seeing a lot of people make very good like well edited stuff on youtube and stuff but it's just like we're a long way from like people making marvel movies in their basement you know what i mean yeah so i don't know someday someday well anyway, let's go to our feature presentation that's right 
which is, if you recall, Love Actually. <laughs> 2003's Christmas-themed romantic comedy, Love Actually. 2003. Uh, Written and directed by Richard Curtis. Famous uh, co-creator of uh, the beloved Mr. Bean. <laughs> oh, that makes if, a lot of sense. It does make Rowan a lot Atkinson of sense. Because Rowan Atkinson does really stick out like a sore thumb in this movie. Uh, apparently, Rowan Atkinson uh, was supposed to... His character was supposed to be some sort of Christmas angel. Oh, uh, And they I cut all of... They cut it all out because... It, like, that's why like he's just like really helpful in getting the kid on the plane at the end. And he um, tries to stop Liam Neeson from buying the necklace. And he's supposed to be like guiding Oh, is all. that what it is? Yeah. Oh, or okay. is Alan Rickman buying the necklace, not uh, Liam Neeson? Oh, right, right, right. Same guy. Um, <laughs> no, I like I love Alan Rickman. Um, so this movie is gonna be hard to explain, <laughs> and I'm glad we're doing it right at the 30 minute mark because it's gonna take us a lot to talk about. But <laughs> I have. Oh, first of all, I've never seen this movie. Jeremy's seen it a couple times, right? Yep, million times. Okay, so this is a movie that starts with one of the most shockingly insane openings yeah, <laughs> of a romantic I really comedy was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, considering it, it, that the movie sorry considering that the movie ends with like a child flagrantly running through airport security like <laughs> to begin it by being like by the way this isn't a world where 9-11 happened and yes uh, it's part of the thing <laughs> really confusing they have a really confusing opinion about how airports work mm-hmm. um because <laughs> well we'll get to that uh, but the, it starts with, I believe, Hugh Grant being like, yep. people say that the world sucks and is full of bullshit and hatred. But, but actually, actually, they're fucking wrong because <laughs> go to an airport and people love each other. Love is um, all around us. Airports actually being probably top five most hated places in, in America for me, mm-hmm. uh, being just like a concentrated microcosm of everything i hate about this country um just awful full of full of loathing and hatred there for me uh but he apparently thinks it's full of love because you get to see the people you haven't seen in a long time uh which is a good a good starting place to show you that this is a movie that completely has no clue what love is (laughs) uh misunderstands what that is at on every level um and then we're introduced to a, a a cornucopia of characters, a cavalcade of people, um, and I guess we should just—I don't know—how do you? How so do we they're approach they're this? on a Wikipedia page, uh, very right. helpfully <laughs> segmented. Um, okay. So our first one that we are introduced to is, I think, probably the strongest one in the movie, which is uh, Billy Mac and his manager Joe. Uh, Billy Mac is a is in this universe a rock and roll legend uh, and he's right. covering he's he's recording a cover of his own song Love is All Around Us um, but he's oh, making he's supposed a, to have written that song in this movie I, that's what I thought the implication was I know it's a real song but um, I thought the implication was that he wrote it it's his song that he is now re-recording as Christmas is all around us Uh, as just kind of like a very obvious money grab sort of attempt to just like sell a couple of records. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, they're they're doing like a fun little scene where he keeps forgetting to say Christmas is all around instead of love is all around. Um, and then throughout the movie, uh, he has kind of this he he's the only one who doesn't really connect to any of the other stories, which is also very helpful. Um, yes. But he uh, he's released this single nobody cares for it but he keeps going on like tv show appearances and radio appearances just being like look i'm an old man and this is an obvious cash grab but wouldn't it be really funny if it was number one and everyone's (laughs) like yeah i guess that would be pretty funny and he's like and what if i like made this into like a fun cheeky little fight with this boy band and everyone's like that would be funny yeah Yeah, you're kind of a you're kind of a charming guy we all like old mick jagger or whatever yeah this is bill nighy by the way right (laughs) And yeah, and he he's just a cheeky old bastard, uh, and he's really kind of charming. And his whole shtick is just like, look, I'm doing this very honestly, and I don't really care if you like it, but it's for Christmas, and it'll be funny, and that's fine. And yeah. everyone's like, I think this is refreshing to hear somebody be so honest, and it becomes number one. And, and then his that's big the story his big resolution is that he, he hits number one. He gets invited to a bunch of rock and roll parties and whatever for Christmas, I guess uh, he gets invited to a bunch of like celebrity parties. El- Elton and John is like, Elton John party sends a car with me, for I'm him. Gay. Uh, and then he decides instead to hang out with his manager and get drunk and watch porn. Right. And, and that's his, manager his big has, resolution. He's not really a character. He's mostly just the butt of, incessant fat jokes which this movie loves Mm -hmm. uh which aren't really jokes it's really just like look at that guy he's fat (laughs) yeah Uh, he he definitely leaves a lot to be desired but i appreciate i appreciate the representation for like a friend love in the movie and and it's interesting because in that article that sparked us watching this she like makes reference to it as being like implied that they're gay and like i watched it this time with that really in mind and i was like i really don't think it's implied that they're gay at all Uh, it's actually explicitly denied because he's like oh five minutes at elton john's and you're gay now like yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) and he's like listen there were chicks at this party that i could have been fucking but instead i decided to come here and hang out with you my fucking homie <laughs> yeah, and I like that. I thought that was really sweet. And it's kind of disappointing and, in some ways that this, like, that this, you know, that even from this like extremely woke position on Love Actually, that you like, that you still can't have like masculine love between two men as friends. You know, like yeah. it's like men it, are not allowed to men love are not allowed each to other. have friends. You are um, gay if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm woke, actually. And I'm woke. Uh, <laughs> uh for thinking that um so that story is um you know the uh, that ending scene is probably the best like one of the best scenes in the movie we're starting and his off scenes on- where he's kind of like goofing around on the talk shows are always pretty fun to me they're okay yeah, fine. the one where he's on the radio show kind of blows where the guy's like actually that's really uh, really refreshing that you just gave a real answer but like i love when he's like on the one and he's like drawing all over the picture of the oh, boy yeah, band yeah. and shit that's funny it's fine. It's it's a it's a reasonable. It's funny because it, that's it's the only part that it doesn't really feel like it's even trying to be a rom com. It's like, mm-hmm. where is this going? What is this about? So and then, then it's our, just about like he. he, he I guess it kind of comes to a head and just being like, well, he's not washed up. It's not he's not sad about being washed up. He's just like 
isn't appreciating his friendship with someone who stood by him the entire time. And then he mm-hmm. does. And that's great. That's great. Um, that's a nice little story. Our second and story then, is uh, Juliet, Peter, and Mark. Now, this one is uh, insane and mm-hmm. horrific. Uh, so this one starts with um, uh, Kirsten... Kira Knightley and uh, Chodal Ejiofor um, getting married. And uh, their friend, uh, Mark, who's the best Mark, man, is also... Guy. It doesn't matter. He, he's the best man, and he's also... Um, the wedding videographer for some reason no he's not um, he's just casual because she mentions that the videographer oh, okay. that they got sucked and she's like i saw you at a camera can oh. i can i take a look at your footage i was so confused as to what that was supposed no, to be because that would so, be insane if he was the official videographer and that was that's what, he what was i gonna thought turn in. that would be nuts <laughs> well because he was like oh it's not edited together yet yeah um, no he was just doing it for fun on his own time oh okay I, okay i'm a little that's that takes one edge off of this insanely spiky thing um (laughs) so really all we see is the wedding and then we see her being like all of the pictures all the videography sucked i just wanted to see if you had any i know you don't like me i know you've never spoken to me and i just want you know we're married now i just want you to like me i think if we just hung out you'd you'd like me and then she steals the tape and puts it in and watches it it's all like close-up pictures of her face and he's edited it together like as some sort of like jerk off reel um (laughs) and uh he and she's like oh oh you like me or something you don't like me you don't even talk to me and he's like it's it's a self-preservation thing and he just (laughs) goes away and uh yeah he just runs out he runs away and and does a really stupid oh i remember i laughed really hard at this because as soon as he runs out like a dido song is just like really loud in the mix and it made me laugh really hard probably one of the funniest things in the movie it's, it'd be so funny <laughs> if it was that tattoo song no it's a dido song and then um the next thing that happens is he comes to the door on Christmas Eve and with a boom box and a bunch of cue cards so he can like, instead of being, it, it's just so insane. He has a cue, bunch of cue cards and he's like, they say, say it's carolers. I really think you're hot and I love you very much, but you know, don't worry about it. I'll move on or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, Okay, and it's got I'm this. It's, it's possibly the most. It's probably the most iconic part of the movie. It's like the most famous thing that happens. Uh, he's got wh- one of them is like because it's Christmas and you're supposed to tell the truth at Christmas. Uh, that must I'll be a say, British thing. They, I think has a couple. Be, I've never people. heard that before. I've but literally like a couple never. People, the 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 prime minister story. She's like, it's Christmas, so we got to tell you. Like, I fuck want to fuck you or whatever. Yeah, where does that come from? I've never heard of it before. If you're British, <laughs> write in. Yeah, let uh, us know. Are you supposed to tell the truth at Christmas? I thought you're supposed to lie at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to make uh make bearing your family uh easier by lying. Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to be like, I love you guys. This is the <laughs> best. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. It I'm was glad totally I came worth home. it. It was totally <laughs> worth it to fly eight hours to be with you people. 
<laughs> it was worth $600 and hours of my time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he does the cue cards, then he walks away into the snow, and then Keir Knightley runs out after him, gives him a kiss, and then runs back inside. And that's supposed to be, like, sweet or something, and you're, like, watching it this time and having just watched White Lotus, I, like, had this feeling where I was, like, is the implication here that these people are like bound for trouble down the line? Like is the implication (laughs) now that it's like, you know, off camera a year later, like they're having an affair or whatever. Cause there is an affair that happens around them too. Like, so it's, it's, I don't know. It it doesn't seem to me like the kind of guy who's like filming close up shots of you at a wedding and like coming to your door with like this crazy scheme to like pretend it's Christmas carolers because you know your best friend won't get up if he hears carolers. (laughs) Like that's not the kind of guy who like gets a kiss from the woman he's in love with stalking and then is like, well, that's enough. Mm -mm -mm. Couldn't eat another bite. You know, I'm all done here. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like she's going to cheat on her husband i don't even or is know. he is just it- gonna get more obsessed now because now he's at a taste you know blood's in yeah. the water and his eyes have gone <laughs> his all eyes fucking are rolling black. back <laughs> like a doll's eyes uh yeah uh i don't know what this one is supposed to be and it's insane and i it's what's what's like astounding to me is that people watched this in 2003 and were like, so cute. That's so cute. That's so like, sweet. Anybody watched this and was like, I like that. So good. Nice. Like, I yeah. can't imagine even thinking that at the time, like, I, I don't think, I don't know were people's minds like that fucked up that they were like, yeah, that's cool. That's a normal thing to do. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's really insane. And, terrible so then we got harry karen and mia which oh, not is not quite not yet we have uh jamie and aurelia oh shit i forgot i'm because jamie down. and this is helpful that they're ordered this way because jamie is played by colin firth and um he it goes to their wedding he goes to juliet and peter's wedding because he's friends with juliet i guess oh yeah uh so he's at their wedding uh, and while he's at their wedding, his girlfriend uh, fucks his brother uh, and he comes home uh, to get something and he sees his brother. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I came to b- borrow CDs. And he's like, oh, OK, I'll <laughs> believe that. Yeah. Uh, then, so listen, then- we uh, we were being mean to mom. We should like take her out to dinner. And then she's like, come fuck me with your big dick. That's bigger than Colin Firth's. <laughs> Yeah, the girlfriend shouts from the other room like, I'm naked and I want sex from you. One of the worst lines in the movie. One of the most like on the nose (laughs) things that's ever been written in a movie. It's something like, come on, big boy, I'm naked and I want you at least two more times before Jamie gets home. (laughs) It's like, Just to leave absolutely no doubt about what's happening. Like the way zero people talk. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, and she does, she also doesn't hear that he's home and not. Ta- it's this is a good example of how shitty this movie is. Like most of the way through, mm-hmm. um, so he uh, I guess is an an an, an author. Yeah, and he so, writes mystery books or something. So he just like decides to go to his French cottage that he has access to, and he. Um, has a housekeeper that he hires, I guess. Yeah, Portuguese uh, or, or, woman named Aurelia. Right. Uh, and Portugal is in Europe. I know that. No. And 
<laughs> and um, she doesn't. They don't speak English. And then they just like. I guess the movie, the movie's really trying to have things like both ways, where it's like they can't understand each other because they don't speak English, but they want them to fall in love. So they kind of do understand each other yeah. on some level, but mostly to like hate each other. Like they don't, there's no chemistry. This is one of my big problems with the movie is that there's really no chemistry between literally anyone in the movie, except for probably like one or two of the stories. Like, yeah, it's definitely never the romantic chemistry is never any good. Right. You know who except- is though is uh, Hugh Grant and what's her name? I do feel like they have good chemistry. I feel like they're both charming, but I've mm. never really believed that they're like dying for each other. Like, no, 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 no. They're both you're not charming. supposed to at least. They're not like it's not like uh you know, they're they're like just leading up to like a first kiss, you know, like Right. They're they're sort of like little crushing on each and I buy I buy that they're crushing on each other. Um the only people whose chemistry I really like is Martin Freeman and the blonde girl. Yes, they're um, very good. They're a nice little piece of this. That little story, I think, is no notes, really. I think it's fine. I think it's uh, fine, and yeah. And I, and that would I, and be it's a really nice lo- short film. It's the only funny... Th- so, I'll just say this now. I think that this movie is almost all nearly unwatchable. And <laughs> there are really good parts. Um, like, that part is... Uh, the Martin Freeman part is, like... I don't really have any complaints about it, but it's functionally like the best commercial at a Super Bowl. Yes. Like okay. even yeah. the 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 highest high is only like, hey, cool MasterCard commercial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. It, yeah. Because I was gonna say the highest high that it gets is Rowan Atkinson just milking, just absolutely fucking chewing scenery <laughs> in that fucking department store, just going crazy with like all the different shit and whatever. Like that is that's the best the movie gets and that you're right feels like a mastercard commercial <laughs> yeah there, there's no like wow you gotta run out and see this movie it's like this is inoffensive and makes me i guess remember a brand name but like not mm-hmm. it, it's it's not even like close to a good sketch and a sketch comedy funny and it's like none of the they don't give enough character they pack the movie so densely with characters that you don't get any time to like really care about Martin Freeman. It's sort of just like a, oh, cute. They like each other. Yeah. Well, he's not, he, their story, I feel like, is the most meant to be kind of just a little side thing because they barely have anything to do with anything in this movie. Right. Even, even the, the amount of stuff we get with them as stand ins um, feels drawn out. Like they, they're overplaying the joke. It's like, oh, they're over tagging it most of the movie. And then yeah. like just to lead up to like, oh, but they're shy in this context. Isn't that funny? And you're like, yeah, yeah that is kind of funny. <laughs> you know, it's like there's it's not much there. It's just like a, a sort of it's a cute like little an thing. SNL sketch. It would be a cute little short film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that's, so that's the highest high we get. So now we have. Aurelia and she is uh yeah they fall in love with each other even though they can't speak the same language she fucks up his book one time they get naked and go in the water together and uh 
And then uh, later he goes back home and then he realizes he's in love with Aurelia and he goes to Portugal to find her and uh, he finds her and they love each other and that's it. There's really not a whole hell of a lot to their story. Right. They like most of it is really trading on you thinking it's funny that somebody would be Portuguese. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Also, there's more fat jokes in this one um, about her sister. Uh, I thought that the for some reason the language barrier thing at the very end where they like both learned each other's language and speak it really shitty kind of worked for me for some reason where I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he doesn't know Portuguese very well. And like the way the subtitles were written was like, Oh, that's cute. He's trying. Yeah. That was fine. I don't know. But like, uh, this is a good example to state that uh, this movie whenever it wants to show you that someone is in love with somebody it does like but wow like camera <laughs> zooms and like the, the character turns into cartoon wolf and uh-huh. it's just like a wooga like it's <laughs> it's so stupid like mm-hmm. i don't it's i don't know why it becomes a tex avery cartoon and like the the slow like jam music starts playing but for whatever reason falling in love to this director and writer is um just getting really hard or wet and just almost gagging because you want to fuck someone so bad and that's it (laughs) like there's no they don't know anything about each other you don't get to like see these characters do anything ever to like have the fun because because like i like i like rom-coms like i like watching cute characters fall in love and like sort of have little cute moments where they like learn things about each other and deepen their relationship like that's easy writing to like get people to do cute moments if you got nice actors there should be one in this you know 20 cast people you know like that have some but they just didn't write any it's not really about that it's just about the idea of falling in love so it's just like a shorthand of like what if you fell in love in this situation and by falling in love we're just going to be like a wooga uh it's very silly (laughs) (laughs) so that's that one just next we have uh harry karen and mia and this is uh, Harry's Alan Rickman. Um, oh, okay. This one is Alan Rickman. Karen they didn't put, is. They, uh, didn't, they didn't put the actors. So I was like, it's very are annoying. These <laughs> I don't remember who the other two are, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, what do you mean, Karen and Mia? Yeah. Oh, the actors? I th- is that not T. Leone or whatever? Uh, no, maybe be. it isn't. It's Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. It's Emma Thompson, and Mia is. Heike Makasu, I don't, I don't care. Doesn't um, matter. So uh, this is, I feel like this is kind of one of the more central ones. Uh, yeah, is, it's so, probably the most boring, I'd say. Yeah, um, and the most like ridiculous <laughs> cartoonish. So Harry uh, <laughs> runs a design agency. Mia is a secretary, uh, and Karen is his wife. And uh, it's Christmas time. He's shopping around. He kind of has a reputation, I guess, for giving bad gifts. And uh, his wife is like kind of just like kind of sad all the time. And she listens mm. to Joni Mitchell a lot. And uh, that's kind of their dynamic. Uh, he's kind of like not interested in her anymore because they're they're both old and he's just like straying, I guess. And Mia is his like 
outrageous fucking like succubus <laughs> of a secretary who literally yeah. like wears devil horns in one scene. Oh yeah, I forgot they about give that. Her devil it's like- horns at the Christmas party, uh, and she is uh, she's a young hot woman who works at his office who just inexplicably wants to fuck Alan Rickman in two thousand and three. I gotta be honest. She sees Alan Rickman. She hears that voice, and she says, "Wow, I'm going to open my legs in his direction to really let him know I'm down to fucking pound." (laughs) Yeah, I gotta be honest. I kind of had a thing for Alan Rickman in high school, so Uh I kind of get it. But he is like the least attractive and least interesting he's ever been in any movie. And you surely had a thing for a younger Alan Rickman, right? Oh. But yeah, mostly. But like, yeah, I don't know. Snape could get it, I guess. But uh, I like his voice, I guess. He was like mm-hmm. a cool, spooky kind of actor. You know, I, I even watched like Closet Land and like the shit he did really early on. Um, but this is just like he's not charismatic or interesting. He's like a he's like just a bum, like flaccid nothing of a man <laughs> and yeah. she's just like inexplicably inexplicably like splooshing for this guy um yeah and i think i remembered you like described the scene where she like opens her legs and it like <laughs> it wasn't as insane as you said but she is just like inexplicably fault, like throwing herself at him yeah and, it, it's, and he, it's almost like I, it's almost worse that it's not over the top the way that she does it because there is something really like repulsive about the like casual like sort of like frumpiness of just kind of like sitting <laughs> at your desk just with your legs wide like you're fucking like you're <laughs> like you're a fat guy on the subway <laughs> <laughs> it's also weird it's like one it's just like and it, it's like very oddly above like uh-huh. just so you can see because it's not from yeah, awful shot it's really like a, not it's like the a one bird's I eye view because she doesn't open them so wide but it wouldn't really read if it wasn't <laughs> so, yeah. it's so stupid uh so she so this woman is just throwing herself at alan rickman and he like is pretty steadfast in like being like no no they dance at the, they how do you dance. do his voice it's impossible no it's like, uh, it's like, no. It's like low meat no. <laughs> um <laughs> joni mitchell Mr. Potter. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you got it it's so hard uh, so so he um yeah, so he he's valiantly uh shooing away this this succubus. And then he like, you know, makes a misstep and like they dance together. They don't even kiss, right? Yeah. And he buys her a necklace for some reason. She I don't says know she why. wants she says she wants a Christmas gift and he's like, "Well, what what would you like? Would you, <laughs> <laughs> would you like a, st- a stapler?" <laughs> And she's like, no, I want something sexy and, you know, expensive. And he's yeah, like, yeah. I'll get you a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, this is where a- the best scene in the movie happens, which is he's at a department store Christmas shopping with his wife. And he's like, why don't you go get some shit for the kids? And she goes and he hangs out at the jewelry counter with Mr. Fucking Bean. <laughs> he's trying to buy this necklace for his his work girlfriend. And yeah. Mr. Bean is like packaging it in like the most elaborate and like 
uh, involved gift wrap you've ever seen with like all sorts of like sprigs of like rosemary, <laughs> like cinnamon, cinnamon and like yeah, <laughs> some holly, like all this stuff that's going into this bag and like different like like bows he has to tie and whatever and like you just have Alan Rickman just like tapping his foot like Sonic, just like come on, <laughs> we gotta go. Can you be quite quick? Quite quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I gotta be honest. This part was not funny to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really get what was supposed to be happening. I was just like, why wouldn't he just be like, no thanks? Actually, I really need you to do it right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna take it. You can take my payment or not, or what? Like I don't know. Like it. I didn't really. It's it's so in in the realm of like slapstick. In and this movie really like just flip flops between like, this is a nice like grounded rom-com and then just like, this is a cartoon uh, that I, it's just, I, I felt very, <laughs> I felt very whiplashed by it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he buys this necklace for the girlfriend and then uh, his wife finds it and she thinks she's getting it. And then she opens like, a oh, gift cool. that she thinks it is, but it isn't that it's actually a Joni Mitchell CD, <laughs> which she right, then which goes like, and listens to sadly. Uh, she cries, and then their marriage is ruined. Uh, but they don't get divorced because uh, they are English and repressed and terrified at the idea. <laughs> yeah, this one is ends really weird because she's just like, "What do you have me do? Is it sex or what?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a classic so, fool. I'm so sorry. I'm so in the wrong." And then she's like, "Fuck off!" And then that's it. Yeah, but then I, they're at the airport later, and she's like, "I can be happy." Is that what happens? It's something like that. She's like, I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> That's so stupid. I don't yeah. know. So this one sucks. Um, this one sucks. Moving on. David and, and Natalie. <laughs> but you also like spend a lot of time doing it. Uh, so yeah, it's weird. They, they really take up a lot of the movie. Uh, David and Natalie. David is the prime minister of the United Kingdom. And Natalie right. is the tea girl in his office. He has a crush on her right away. It's very cute. He's Hugh Grant. And uh, he, yeah. he plays it pretty well. He's pretty charming. I like when he dances. That's fun. Um, Hugh Grant is... Uh, Hugh Grant was born he- to do this. This is the kind of movie... This is his bread and butter. He makes big fucking money during this era doing exactly this movie over and yeah, over again. <laughs> well, with the same director. Who with the also same guy, did yeah, Not- Notting, Notting Hill. Hill and, yeah. So, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral... Yeah, my man uh, knows the sweet part of the bat. You know, he knows how to hit that ball. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I think Hugh Grant is very charming and cutie. And uh, he's a very, like, this is his lane. It's a, He's 100% in his lane. And uh, especially, I never really thought of him as, like, a politician. But he he plays it so well. He plays it really well. Um, I, although as, like, I love Beto how O'Rourke vaguely written it all is. <laughs> When he has yes. like, his meeting with uh, Billy Bob Thornton, who's the president of the United States, and Which like every funny. time they're like about to mention what issue it is that they're talking about, they cut away or like he says, like, I think we're making progress here. Let's move on to our next menu item. And then they like yeah. cut away from the scene so they can <laughs> they never actually say anything that they're talking about because clearly the writers are not comfortable with the idea of writing about politics. They have no idea what they're except there's a weird thing that's shoved in here where like what the writer thinks 
would be good for the prime minister to do is like tell America to fuck off, I guess. Yeah, over whatever it is that the contentious issue in their meeting was, but also about Natalie. Because Billy Bob Thornton kisses Natalie, he he forces himself on her and then he he sexually (laughs) assaults her. He he sexually assaults her. And then Hugh Grant thinks, well, you know what would be geopolitically sound is if I got really upset about my crush <laughs> and publicly went toe to toe with the president of the world's greatest military superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, great job, Hugh Grant. That's so good. <laughs> that rules uh, that you endangered global security <laughs> yeah, over this cu- chick who brings you tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, and then, but he still is like, I got to fire her. And I guess it's because it's distracting and he knows that it was bad or whatever. Right. And this is another one that's like falling in love is really wanting to fuck somebody you don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, they barely have any, I don't think they have one scene where they really talk about anything. Um, they are mostly just having like gaffes where they're like, whoops, oops, sorry. And then they, you know, they have the one other, like, they where they fuck. talk about the part of town that she's from. And she's like, I'm from the dodgy end of that part of town. And he's like, which isn't, one is the dodgy end? And she's like, isn't that, isn't that after? Isn't no, that no, like no, after before. he fires her? All right. Uh, okay. That one's all right. But so this one is, I think not as bad as some i've like i think in that article we read like they were like this one is disgusting i, I feel like this is fine like this it's one fine, is yeah. like you can tell like clear- they're 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 leaning on it a lot because hugh grant knows how to be in this kind of movie and he knows how to fucking shift these tickets right i, I it's funny that you know it does happen to be like bill clinton shit mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, fucking your secretary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, like, he does resist doing that. Like, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm attracted to this girl, but I'm not gonna do anything. Also, I'm single. I'm not cheating on my wife. You know, it's, it, there's a to- totally different kind of set of circumstances. I think the worst thing that he does is fire her for it. Mm-hmm. Or like, but he actually ends up just moving her job. She's like in yeah. catering now. So it's like, I don't know. Is this that big of a deal? I don't think it's like abusing his power to like be attracted to her and then be like, no, I, I prefer not to work with this person because it seems unprofessional. Like, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. So, and she's clearly like wants, you know, she clearly, it's clearly a romantic thing. Not a, just like, I'm trying to fuck my secretary. So, I think anybody complaining about this one is being a little bit annoying about it. Um, (laughs) So I I think, but it's still just like kind of a dumb story because it's like, okay, so why don't you just be like, hey, if you want to start a relationship, we'll have a professional thing, you know, whatever. You could do it differently. But for some reason... He just goes to her house. He doesn't have her address for some reason. I um, but, Okay, but in fairness, it, one of the more charming scenes of the movie is when they're like going and just knocking on every door on the street being like, hey, does Natalie live here? <laughs> yeah, and they don't even have like, they don't even say her last name and nope. he doesn't have like another guy do it. So he's not like literally the prime minister just being like, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, and everybody, um, everybody predictably is like, are you the fucking prime minister? He's like, yep, <laughs> sure am. <laughs> All right, see you Why later. Are, 
The best one is when is when they go to the kids and the kids are like, "Are you carolers?" and they're like, "No," and they're like, "Can you sing this anyway?" and he's like, "All right, fine." And they do a little right, song and, and like, even. <laughs> yeah, but then but then the driver ends up being like an incredible singer. That's yeah. a good. That's always a good gag. That was cute. There's cute parts in this one, uh, and then they go and she's like, "Oh, we're going." Uh, we you found me. We actually are just leaving to a school play. Uh, all of the schools in London are actually doing the same school play for the first time. So all the other characters will be there for some reason. Even the ones who, <laughs> even the ones who don't have kids. Um, They're friends with someone with a kid, and they decided to go to this pageant. I guess. Which. Is also very cute. I like the pageants a lot. I really appreciate the like the joke about like, uh, like the 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 jokes around the idea of like uh like including every kid. You know, it's the it's the nativity, it's the birth of Christ. But like, there's only so many characters, and there's way more kids than there are characters. So they have so octopuses. Like, yeah, they have stuff. octopuses and lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. I love that one of the kings has Spider-Man makeup. On. <laughs> That's a great bit. Um, anyway, so that one's go- alright. And then they they go backstage, they kiss, and then the curtain opens on them, and they smile and wave, and then they leave. And that's that's. I guess it's supposed to be a gaff, but it doesn't matter because they're doesn't together. Doesn't matter because so. it's really cute. Uh, so then we've got oh god, there's so there's many more. So of these. many more. Daniel, uh, Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol, which is uh, uh, Liam Neeson, who has a son who is uh, that kid who goes on to be. Uh, uh, he's in Game of Thrones. He's in Game of Thrones. He's the he's the the wolf whisperer guy in Game of Thrones, and then he's also the weird cowboy hat chess guy on the chess show. Um, yes. And Queen, he's Gambit. a rat. He's a weird ass looking guy. Uh, so yeah, that's his cute, son, cute kid. Cute kid. So his his mom dies. Liam Neeson is grieving. They've he's uh, apparently been a dog shit father and has never spoke to his son about anything. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I better say because he seems down. It turns out he's in love with this girl, meaning he has a big crush on this girl um, who is singing. And he's like, I really want to talk to her. So he learns how to play the drums and Liam Neeson and them, him sort of bond over this. And this stuff is okay. It's sort of cute. Yeah, they've um, got a good dynamic, the two of them. Yeah, he's he starts to be a good father and um, and encourages son to learn the drums so that he can, you know, make out with his girl or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it turns out they're in the, the big play at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, he learns the drums and he's like like front and center for some reason as the drummer yeah <laughs> he's just like the main funny. focus he's, he's on a the buddy thing. rich type yeah exactly <laughs> uh and uh and then she's the singer and the time frame of this movie is so confusing too like how long it takes him to like learn like that what yes. like <laughs> how much time is passing here that like he's well, learning how to play like, the drums it's only three weeks before christmas is the whole movie right so he's got to learn how to play the drums in three weeks and not only learn to play the drums but also like convince whoever's doing this show that like hey whoever you had on drums because you clearly already had I'm, this plan i'm better i'm better i'm in <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter and and then uh it doesn't matter because nothing makes sense in the movie um and then he plays the drums and then I think we should save this ending for the last because it's sort of the last thing that happens. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll should move we just on talk to, to uh, talk about the next thing. Sarah, Carl, and Michael. Um, 
very this minimal. One is, oh, this really one is weird so. One. This one is so weird. But it's a uh, what is that woman's name? Laura Linney. Yeah, so Laura so, Linney has this huge crush on this hot guy in her office. She works in um, Alan Rickman's office. Alan Rickman is weirdly like paternal, <laughs> like on top of <laughs> the goings on of his his subordinates' love lives. And he's like, "Oh yeah, how he's long like, have you been in love with Carl?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, "Whatever." Does you, he know? And you she's want like, to Everybody- suck his dick? <laughs> <laughs> you want to fuck his ass? Um, <laughs> so- so are you into uh, pegging sarah because i know carl is (laughs) he basically is like carl also wants to fuck you it's everybody knows just go out on a date and do it yeah they go out on a date and they do it (laughs) they go to her bedroom and they start to fuck and then her phone rings and she's like i have to answer it and then it's her brother who is mentally ill yeah and, and she like throughout the movie like you get little clips of her like getting a phone call and having to leave so there's like i feel like they imply in the movie that she has like a husband who she's like stepping out on with carl oh yeah i guess that's what i guess that's kind of the implication but then it turns out that she has a brother who's like severely mentally ill uh who just like is constantly like threatening to kill himself or something and so she keeps having to like go to the hospital to take care of him Right, and this one is just like so thinly drawn that it's just like, what is supposed? What am I supposed to feel about this? Uh, the scene where she's like, so he's like, you don't. He's like, is answering it gonna make him better? And she's like, no. And she answers it anyway. And then she just like leaves him hanging there. So this one doesn't work out with him, I guess. Yeah. Um, but and the then love she, like, is actually between her and her brother, I guess. I guess, but like he's in a hospital, and then she's just like <laughs> kind of like dragged down by the burden of having this like person in her life yeah um and i guess she loves him but it sounds like she's just like over worrying and like should just be ignoring these phone calls and it's probably not good to indulge him i don't know i'm not a fucking psychiatrist or anything but it doesn't seem like it's it's like really hampering her life um so i don't know it's this one is so weird and i don't know what i'm supposed to feel or what it's supposed to say uh does is that all that happens? That's basically it, yeah. Uh, they try to like reconnect, but then he just like can't, so they don't. Uh, so then we have, I think personally, uh, aside from the uh, aside from the the pop star guy, this is probably the second best of the the <laughs> of the little story threads, which is Colin. Uh, Tony and the American Girls. <laughs> no, this is the dumbest thing in the movie. <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the movie by far. It's not funny at all. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Uh, Colin is just like a fucking dork. <laughs> He's this big, ugly, dorky dude who yeah. uh, he like works odd jobs in a couple of the different subplots. And he's like got this buddy, Tony, who also works odd jobs in the different subplots. I guess they're sort of like a, you know, a fucking whatever, Rosencrantz, Guildenstern sort of thing. Uh, and so yeah, they're... Colin is just saying that he's British and in America, I, he's like, I can't get a girlfriend here. Yeah, in he, America, he keeps getting rejected be, by chicks and, and he's like, I would be slinging pussy. Yes. And the Tony is like, you're actually fucking an idiot. Uh, and then that's just this, their scenes that he just keeps saying that. And then it's like three or four scenes where we go back and revisit. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to America. Yeah. And he's like, you're dumb. And then he does it. He goes to America 
And then he's like, I'm going to go to the first bar. Yeah, yeah. The sequence, the sequence is he, goes, he gets in a cab. He <laughs> says, bring me to a bar. And he's the car. The cab driver says, what do you mean? He's like, just any American bar. And he goes in. And he's like, give me a You're Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately there are models in uh-huh. the bar. And they're like, oh, my God, I love British guys. And we all live in the same house. And we share the same bed. And we sleep naked. Do you want to come to our house? so funny. It's so, <laughs> so stupid. This joke is so dumb. <laughs> I did not laugh once. <laughs> It's not, it's like stupider than American Pie. It's stupider than like <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I love. I love those movies. Yeah. This just doesn't work for me. I don't get why it's here. <laughs> it's so stupid. And so his plan works. The joke is that his plan works. The joke he, is that it's exactly what he thought it was, <laughs> if not even funnier and crazier. Uh, these Way women crazier. very obviously are lying to him about like we share a bed and sleep naked or whatever. They're very clearly just being like, we're going to all have an orgy. And yeah, uh, one of them is Denise Richards. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think the other one is that Eliza girl from um, fucking uh the girl next door i can't remember that girl's name uh but anyway so they all go to their house in america and fuck and then at the end they all come back together all four of them i guess mm-hmm. and uh one of them is denise yeah Richards, they're all she in just a polycule like, now <laughs> and she just like immediately makes out with tony she's like oh yes i also love like if they were that horny for british people why wouldn't they just come to britain and marry one of them i guess that's i mean what they i think do. it's just it's a funny like uh I, I just think it's funny to like see the like the 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 way that they think of American women, and the way that like yeah. like the British accent is seen as cute. You know, it's not like I don't think that's like a, a a wrong thing to say that like American women often find British accents cute. Maybe like maybe at this time period, I think there was like a a surge in that where people were like, oh, British men have the cute accent or whatever and i think like accents can be attractive you know like can like up a guy's attractiveness maybe and there's something but in like, like there's something in like the novelty of like i love the scene where they're just like sitting there just like what do you what do you call this one? Oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh table it's the same yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh so that's what happens in that one i <laughs> don't like it I, it's not even it's not even in the theme i think that's another part of it it's like this isn't it's totally it completely a not a good fit it, it is it is so 2003 it's like it's like something that would happen in scary movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes um, exactly yes so last one we've got martin freeman and the girl judy uh what <laughs> some, is that chick. Name? <laughs> some chick that i don't know joanna page is her name uh she uh yeah i've never heard of her but anyway so um they are stand-ins at a, in a in a movie that has a lot of fucking in it. It's not a porn movie. It's like clearly like yeah, some period piece or whatever that has mm-hmm. a sex scene in it. And at first they're fully clothed and like mimicking he's like fucking her from behind. Yeah, cuz they're getting like the lighting and the blocking and whatever. Right. And so and so then they're just like making small talk. They're like where are you from? The, I think here's the thing. The thing about this one is we actually just hear get to hear them talk a lot. And mm-hmm. just like hear them make the joke is that they're making small talk while they're butt naked mimicking sex. So, but we do get to see them interact as characters. Um, 
and then he and then so it gets like more and more sexual like they're completely naked and she's like riding him and he has to like hold her boobs and he's like oh sorry and he's martin freeman so he's extremely yeah. charming and cute <laughs> and he's like oh is this okay like and she's like yeah sure whatever and like um she's like bouncing on top of him and he's like yeah you know i'm kind of usually kind of nervous about this thing but would you want to like hang out this weekend and maybe go for dinner and she's like yeah of course and then he's like oh great i was usually nervous about this <laughs> it's like saying this from inside of her vagina uh <laughs> and then uh then they go on a date and they're both still really nervous and uh and and he can't even ask to like go inside and the joke is he's she like kisses him and he's like oh yay and then that's the end they're in love <laughs> and that one's very cute and funny yeah. um and that's all there is. And then we have uh, Rufus, who used to be an angel, but is just uh, Mr. Just Bean, who guy. is inexplicably in two scenes. Okay, so the Liam Neeson son part is that he plays really good, and then it seems like the girl notices him, but they still don't talk, and then he's going to go out to the car and be like, hey, I, I, I really love you or whatever but she's already driving to the airport so there's a whole like chase sequence where they have which to, is also psychotic because again this is like with green street hooligans we talked about this where like there's mm -hmm. the scene where they're about to leave for the airport and like there are no bags packed there are no preparations made you're traveling with children i'm about to travel with a child i can tell you right <laughs> now one of the biggest reasons why we're just not having an episode next week is because packing right. all this shit is going to be like a two to three day affair you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure it's no so, fucking joke and and they're like they're like yeah we'll go to your fucking pageant we'll go to your pageant where you sing all i want for christmas is you right before yeah. we get on our plane to move to america sure <laughs> yeah we'll take a 12 hour flight directly after you get off stage yeah like, we'll take the red eye ended. <laughs> we'll just we'll take the red eye just so that you can have your chance to sing your little song <laughs> It's so stupid. This is like the movie is full of like the dumbest scripty choices just so that they can fit all these completely unnecessary pieces that don't actually have any reason to be there's no connected help. at all. Yeah, it's like, not actually why? that important at all. <laughs> We're not getting anything from it. Like no story is made any better for the fact that like Laura Linney works with Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't it's, matter it's, at all. It's not it helpful that like you have uh, Alan Rickman's wife get off the phone and be like, wow, it sure is crazy that my brother's the prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't matter that her fucking, that the prime minister's sister is getting cheated on. That yeah. doesn't pay off ever. Although yeah. the scene where she's like, oh you sent an email out and you never expect people like to take their busy lives out but you showed up and that's really helpful like that moment when they're like being brother and sister is fine and cute uh but it doesn't matter that laura linney is also getting cheated on by alan rickman it's just like yeah i feel like the only purpose is to cut down on how many people they would have had to cast for this mm -hmm. um like if if laura linney's boss was somebody else like then they would have to pay more people. <laughs> right. Um, so I feel like the only consideration is that they can have less actors that they have to pay. Anyway, so they do this stupid thing where all of a sudden she's just off to the airport getting directly on a flight after singing. Uh, and then they have to run to the airport. Uh, they can't. And, and this is also funny. They 
explicitly show that you can't go to the gate to yeah. see this person off without a boarding pass and, and then and then going through security so Rowan Atkinson stops them up so that the little kid can just like dart through and then cops are chasing him all the way through the airport he's doing a die hard what's he's funny running is i think that it's, the it's it's made worse in this case by Rowan Atkinson being in the know like when he winks it kind of ruins it i like that it's like a callback where it's like Rowan yeah, Atkinson is a pain in the <laughs> ass that's just who he is like his character <laughs> is a pain and so he was a pain at the store now he's being a pain here that was funny right. to me when he winks you're like Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's stupid. It's a bad choice. Um, but they had to do it for this one because he, um, they had to, that's what they had apparently. And he's necessary for the plot to continue. Mm-hmm. So, I, although I don't know, they don't really need him stopping up. He could have just been like, you want to make a run for it? And then he could just run. It doesn't really, yeah, you don't really, really need matter. him I wouldn't to have distract been like, hey, the guy. wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he runs, he goes, uh, there's antics, and then he taps her on the shoulder. He's like, hey, big fan of you. I don't know. What does he even say? He's yeah, just like, <laughs> I love you. I think you're great. And she's like, oh, cool. And then I guess they, do they kiss on no, the cheek she, or whatever? No, he leaves and then she comes out. The, and this is the craziest one because you know that it's a national security issue if somebody goes backwards through. You know, did you know this? If you go backwards through uh, through the uh, security, security checkpoint, they have to like shut down the airport. <laughs> it's what like do a you mean? big big deal if you go backwards through security. Why? I don't know. I don't totally understand it, but but it, supposedly like that's a huge fucking problem. And they'll like I knew somebody who told me about this once that they they like like realized their friend was back there or something, and they're like, oh whatever, I'll just go back through. And so they just like turn around and walk back through, and like the the place just like like alarms are going off, and they just like shut down the <laughs> whole operation. And like this dude is just like humiliated, and he's like, I'm sorry, everybody, <laughs> I didn't know. Like all these people are like missing their flights and shit. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds like a great system. I think we have. This is why I can't. I can't even like think about airports without getting upset. Um. So anyway, so yeah, so she comes, I think he hasn't gone re through security. I think it's just like out of the gate or something. And then he, she like comes back and gives him a little kiss. And then I don't know who cares. It's yeah, their little kids. There. And then, um, uh, then we jump cut then, to three months later. Yeah. Also, this movie was filmed like less than two years after 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. So they're on even higher alert than they are now. Um, so it's ridiculous that this <laughs> because it, they also like know that and it's a part of the plot but then three months later everyone is waiting around the same gate mm-hmm. for different people to come back from i guess america because colin's definitely in america but then a bunch of other people are coming back off that yeah, same Joanna's flight coming off of the the little girls coming off the thing so what do we got here one month later all the characters are at heathrow billy billy's christmas single has spurred a comeback juliet peter and mark meet jamie and his bride aurelia who are in america for some reason uh, <laughs> right no they're from portugal but that's the thing they're all around the same 
place and then like <laughs> maybe they're down also, by like baggage claim and everybody's planes just happen to come in around the same time so they're all getting down no to the they're not they're in front time. of the gate that's the whole thing because all of the footage <laughs> at the end is of people meeting their loved one at the gate yeah <laughs> uh colin returns with harriet and her sister carla who meets tony for the first time yeah i mean this movie sucks <laughs> Pretty yeah, fucking if you bad. haven't got if you if you if you haven't gotten through and realized this movie is fucking dog shit. It's so stupid on every level, and and like I said early on in the review, uh, even the highest highs of the movie are like, even if you agree with Jeremy that that part is funny, it's like a better joke in scary movie. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, or or yeah, yeah. or the cutest thing you got is like a rom com level chase bank ad um and i i think what's so strange about this movie is that people have recommended this movie to me for decades mm. like literal decades people are like oh, you ever seen love actually it's so cute and so good yeah but like, I mean, there th isn't any part of it that that is like wor worth watching no 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 i think that I mean, I think that I I definitely understand the idea of saying you haven't seen Love Actually, you have to see it because it's like even if it's no good <laughs> and it's all dog shit and whatever, like it's such a part of culture. Like it's such a like maybe British culture. No, our culture too. I mean, this what is a cult? huge fucking movie. Like, it's, but like what what movie has like even really referenced this? Like, I don't like it. Uh, I mean, I feel like the 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 card scene gets referenced a fair amount. Um, no, I mean like what did it influence like movie making wise? Like what kind of like, Oh, I don't Valentine's know. Whatever. Day? But I mean like, you know it's like, I mean? like these who are, cares? These are like, <laughs> but they're like cultural touchstones, you know, these are like, uh, tropes, you know, these are, <laughs> these are, these are anti-Semitic tropes. Yeah, um, I mean, but like you can make the same argument about like Fast and the Furious, but I don't give a shit about that either. Like, no, but I also <laughs> think that yeah, if you haven't seen the first, this is this is the level of recommend that I would give this movie is if you haven't seen Love Actually, you should probably see it because it's fucking it's really stupid and dog shit, but like <laughs> it it's it's just weird not to have seen it is really what I mean. <laughs> It's that weird not to have sense. seen it. No, no, it's it's weird not to have seen it, and it's like, uh, I I think that people would think that you're doing it on purpose, and um, what do you mean doing it on purpose? <laughs> like like in the way that like for example like the way that I, you purposefully don't watch MCU movies. No no no. Like in the way that like somebody <laughs> doesn't have a TV says they don't have a TV. Oh, like to be cool. Yeah, like or at least like to have some sort of like an interesting trait about you. Like I think that like if you don't have a TV, you should not talk about not having a TV or you should just get a TV and just not watch it. You know, that's right. that's really what it should be. Um, and in the same way that like love actually like if you haven't seen it, you should just see it and just, you know, if somebody asks you about it, just say like, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It's not good. I because uh, <laughs> if you say I haven't seen love actually, then it sounds like you're trying to make a statement this is how my life works. Like I, <laughs> everything I do, people, especially when it comes to media, people think I'm like, have some sort of like angle that I'm mm -hmm. trying to like look cool. And I just like, don't care about things that suck. Right. 
<laughs> I've never thought about Love Actually once until I had to watch it for this show. And uh, in the same way that like you don't care about Valentine's Day or any of those other sure, American sure, sure, versions, yeah. like I literally never thought about like, hmm, should I watch Love Actually? Because no one talks about it anymore except on Christmas. And then like, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't watch it. It doesn't look good. Yeah. And everyone always says it's like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, and then there has been like this weird like renaissance of talking about it. I guess that's why we're watching it because like people now it's like a thing every year to like revisit is love actually good or whatever. Yeah. It's up there with um, baby. It's cold outside where it's oh, like yeah, these sort sure. of things where it's like it's just become part of culture a now discourse. to be like to have feminist discourse around it, you know. And I'll say to that, uh, this movie I don't think is any more egregious than like a lot of other rom coms. Like ten how to lose a guy in ten days is more egregious than this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's a lot of like really bad sexual cultural politics rom-coms from this era yeah i don't think this movie is anywhere is is really uniquely upsetting or 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 or, you know problematic or whatever i think the i think the big one is the the note cards thing like that's just from another that's from another planet like someone doesn't (laughs) understand (laughs) but it's it's funny because it's like i read the rest of that article uh that we that we had talked about and Uh Like, so much of it centers around the idea of, like, uh, this movie catering to, like, male fantasy and, like, the male gaze or whatever. <laughs> what? And, like, it is so funny to me to consider, like, to, to, to write an article and seriously be like, well, you know who the intended audience of love actually was? <laughs> this man. Macho man. <laughs> Macho fucking guys yeah, who want to watch this and be like, yeah, I would slay puss because of my British accent, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's she also really comes worst. out hard against the kid learning to drum <laughs> <laughs> for a girl yeah yeah because yeah, it's yeah, like i guess whatever she that's sees him as like the mini version of the camera guy where she's like why don't you try uh talking to her instead right like, she, well, but he, that's that's the like problem 10. with the whole <laughs> <laughs> i mean i do think it's like if you want to th- by the end of this movie okay i watched this movie like in three parts because it's so fucking long yeah it feels like we're watching a whole season of television because of how like many different moving parts there are it's exhausting just the like process of watching it is 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 so unenjoyable i think if you like showed me a cut together if you cut together the prime minister and uh judy and whatever the 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 stand-ins and I don't know, maybe Liam Neeson or something. So it like kind of made some sense. And Bill Nighy. Uh, oh yeah, and Bill Nighy. Um, then I'd be like, cute movie. It would probably be an hour long, and it'd be like, sure, Christmas in Britain or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's give not, us it's like definitely... a half hour of musical numbers. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely like, I think that you could make a watchable film out of this movie. Uh, but even that movie would be, I think. A, a Christmas special that would never air again on television. <laughs> you know, like it would be like, sure, that was a thing. I don't know. There's nothing, there's nothing so high that I would say, check it out. You know, like you can slog through all this absolute mundanity and and terrible writing to get to that because even those things are like, like I said, 
credit card commercial level stories. Um, big not recommend for me. <laughs> Wait, uh, let me read you um, the Sam and Joanna <laughs> little blurb from this article. Um, <laughs> Sam uh, is only yeah, a kid. Yeah, this is our big, big Christmas extravaganza episode in an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is only a kid, but he's totally and tragically in love with Joanna, the coolest girl in school. She doesn't even know he exists, but you're right. never too young to start to learn how to, quote, make a girl like you. <laughs> I have a plan, he declares. Girls love musicians, <laughs> so he decides to learn to play the drums. This plot is basically a mini-me of Mark and Juliet. Why not try talking to her instead of just admiring her from afar? Maybe conversation would be better than pretending to like music to trick her into fancying you. <laughs> to thine own self be true, little Sam. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, there's so much bad writing in here. It's just rife for, like, hot takes and about how problematic it is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, on a certain level, I kind of think that that's true, I guess. Like, Liam Neeson could have been like, Hey, maybe you should just be like, "Hey, I like your singing" or whatever. But it's like that's it's it's a movie about like stupid coincidence. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, that's not the kind of movie this is. Like, <laughs> and I guess on and then on another level, it kind of like makes sense to be like, I don't know. It's a shorthand for being like, I want to look appealing to somebody. It's not wrong to like be want to be cool to like impress somebody. Yeah. I don't know. That's not problematic. Uh, all of these people don't talk to each other because that's not what the movie's about. It's not about like actually making characters with connections, about like telling stupid jokes and I don't know, some sort of surface level idea of, I, I, I don't know. It, it's so stupid to like complain about this movie because it's like, it's not good. And I think that's the, most you have to say it's just like yeah it's It's poorly written yeah most of the critiques of it really just come down to it's a bad movie it's shit anybody really i guess like that's that's the whole thing with like the problematic like journalism industry thing is like i think if you're going to be critiquing something it's supposed to be like large tropes that like media continues to pump into the culture that people have internalized it's not supposed to be like this one movie has bad messages because it's like every movie can just like be poorly written and have something that can be like looked at as well this would be creepy if it was in real life but it's like that's not what the whole thing is about and the it's critique not real is life like, it's a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah the critique is about like structural cultural ideas that are reflected in 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 pop culture uh not just like hey if a prime minister was attracted to his waitress that might be problematic (laughs) it's like who cares secretary whatever yeah Um, what if a prime minister were to watch this (laughs) (laughs) he might get the wrong idea about the wrong idea about how to treat his tea lady (laughs) (laughs) a guy who has servants like he like he like goes into the office and they're like here are your servants and before he does anything else they're like let's let's meet all your servants 
And then you're like, his first day on the I job be- as the prime minister of the UK, they're like, let's meet all your servants. And then this dumb bitch is like, man, if I was the servant for the prime minister and he fancied me, I'd be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> if that lad fancied me. <laughs> My I'd word. Be right, I'd be right. Bothered. I'd be right knackered about that. <laughs> is that oh, the word? Man. Is that what they say? I think I, I thought knackered was hungry. <laughs> or is it drunk? Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know the British words. What else? We got uh, chuffed is good. <laughs> chuffed is when you are when you're proud when you're or excited whatever. or proud or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to say it. Knackered Annoyed. is like maybe tired. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I'm knackered. right knackered. <laughs> it says, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tired. Yeah. This weekend has really knackered me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know it could be used like in the past participle like that. Yeah. <laughs> I knackered my ankle playing on Sunday. Oh, you can damage something severely. Okay. Mm. That's the thing That's with British slang is that they really all just kind of work for everything. That's fair. You can kind of just say them in a sentence. It's like um it's like uh that South Park episode with the Marklars. <laughs> I don't Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How just uh, like, I'm being told that the word has also been used as a derogatory term against members of the traveling community in Britain and Ireland. <laughs> the <laughs> so traveling community? What does that mean? <laughs> literally no clue. Like, but it, uh, uh, like Romani people? Uh, that's what I'm guessing they mean. No, Irish travelers. Mavis oh. or Minslers. People uh, of travel, please. Yeah, you, you call... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they are not Romani. They are just Irish people who, <laughs> who go <just> around. Travel. <laughs> <laughs> and you can <laughs> and we can call them now. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> that's what it says it says the word has been used as a derogatory term against them and if you're they they call it (laughs) wow i just realized how close it is it's so close yeah i was about to make another joke and it's i feel like you have to beep i feel like you have to beep that out (laughs) you might have to beep that (laughs) no you're editing oh i edit this one yeah and it is almost midnight and i have to go to sleep well so i'll say I'll say then, since I'm going to beep this all out anyway, <laughs> if you're a British person trying to pretend that you're Irish and traveling, you're called a whack. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something you should consider not saying. Yeah, let's let's take that home. All right. Anyway, I do not recommend this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I also don't recommend this movie unless I you've never seen it before. Then you probably should see it once. But like, don't pay attention to it. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that, but uh, sure. Especially uh, if I you're don't... the prime minister, definitely don't pay attention to because you might <laughs> learn some very attention. disruptive and, and uh, <laughs> awful things. <laughs> yeah, or you're the head of a publishing company. Anyway, this movie's very bad. Thank you so much for listening on Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays uh, to you. Thank you for being here. 
Um, we will have no episode next week because Jeremy is traveling and we don't, you know, it's Christmas. So it's fucking Christmas. It's Christmas. You can't expect us to, to, to make a podcast on Christmas. Come on now. Um, so we won't be doing that. But if you would like to hear more of the show and you're like, damn, I wish I had some newer episodes to, to listen to. There's there's a whole trove, a treasure trove over at patreon.com slash generation loss. You can give us $5 a month and get a bonus episode every week and access to every episode we've ever done back there. There's new $10 tier where you can support our quest to watch uh prestige tv specifically the sopranos um and another secret tier that you should go check out you also get access to the discord where we watch all kinds of things like the world cup and <laughs> and football in general and other and the movie we're going to talk about on the next episode um other than that you can follow us on twitter at gen pod you can uh follow us individually from there and until next time that's, That's movies. Hardy was a punk just like any other boy And he never had no trouble till he started up his oi band Safe in the garage, singing in the tub But Hardy went too far and he plugged into the club It was a cold Christmas Eve when Trevor and the skins popped in For a pint and then they got back a crisp Trevor liked the music but not the unity He unwound Hardy's turban and he knocked him to his knees Before I came down on Christmas Day I know exactly what he said He said, oh, to the punk but oi to the world and everybody wins Hardy was a bloody mess, he ran out through the crowd He said, we'll meet